Welcome to Under Center Podcast presented by St. Xavier University with our Bears contributor, Alex Shapiro. Sans Strobes, Strobes will be back next week. And Tony Gill running the show. I am Kenneth Davis. On today's episode, we're going to talk about Justin Field getting a start versus the, uh, the Titans this last game, uh, this last preseason game, I should say. Also, a pretty good article that Alex wrote about the Bears' 53-man cutdown, who he expects to make it and who not to make it. And then later on, we'll probably talk about uh, some of the players and Matt Nagy and some of the things that they said at today's press conference. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Ken? I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm happy that you're doing great. That makes me feel better. I'm, I feel better knowing that you feel better. Let me, you know something I haven't asked you? This is for the people that hate the random talk. I haven't asked you this. <laughs> and I, because I want to ask you last, last time we talked, how's the pinky doing? Anybody doesn't know he, he, he broke his pinky, fractured his pinky playing softball early in the summertime. How's the pinky doing? Dude, the pinky's great. Check Ooh, it out. That's that pinky game is strong. All the way. You know what it was that really helped me rehab was golf. Um, I went out to the driving range once and like I couldn't swing the club. It hurt so bad. Even though I was fully healed, I talked to my go- uh, my doctor about golfing, this, that, and the other thing. And I went out and it was just like, oh, no, I actually can't do this. But after stretching it out, gripping the club, taking a few rips, um, the next day it felt better. Mm. So I kept going back to the range um and every time i went to the range my pig would feel a little bit better a little bit better where now i'm, I'm like 100 percent. so you cracked the proper rehab for a fractured pinky pig. yeah if you break oh. your pinky uh the very tippy top of it that first bone once you're healed and you've gone through the couple uh, i forget it was like a couple weeks maybe a month of initial rehab finish it off uh on the driving range finish it off on the course You'll be right as rain in no time. So thank you for asking, but I'm I'm good. I'm back in business. I'm actually, I just got an email today about Fall League for softball. So Oh, here we go, man. <laughs> it might be time to get on that horse again. We'll see. <laughs> All right. It's on you if you do it. Yeah, we're a caring pie. We care. We, we, like, we care about. What's going on with Strobes when we get our Strobes back? We care. Hulk had it, had him, his, his, his daughter, him and his wife had yeah. a daughter. We care about our listeners. The gentleman that had the stroke and came back and listened just. The cardiac arrest. Oh, my God. Yeah. How are you doing, man? Right. So we're, we, we care. You know, we're, we're, we're more carers than effers as far as forget it. F you get out of here. But anyway, <laughs> to the Bears topic. And I have to know what you think about Justin Fields getting this start. My first thought was, man, to be honest with you, I mean, I, I think it's expected because mm-hmm. you're not. We already know that this is, and I know we talked about this um, mm-hmm. last last episode. As, as far as how can you look at how preseason was run in the past when they have four games and how they have three, and how the third game used to be the dress up game, and necessarily if the second game is now, and how mm-hmm. we still don't know. But it does seem like 
the, the fourth game from prior preseasons, you can kind of correlate that it's the same as the third game as far as this is for guys that this is to get tape on guys who may get cut from the team. This is for mm-hmm. guys to even try and get another chance to make the team and, and, and the chance for the second stringers to get out there and to get a lot of tick who probably when once the season starts, we already know unless someone gets hurt, um, they're probably not going to get a lot of time out there on the field. Yeah. And Matt Nagy did say that. Remember, you're exactly right. We talked about it. We didn't know. Um, but Matt Nagy has since revealed, he said it's going to look like that old school fourth preseason game. Um, so a lot of the starters are not going to play a lot. However, um, some starters will play on the offensive side with Justin Fields. When oh. pressed on that, Matt Nagy kind of broadly, vaguely intimated that it would be the offensive lineman playing with Fields so that Sam Mustafer could start developing um, some timing with fields, right? Um, because those guys need to get used to fields specific cadence because mm-hmm. right. They all practice the same cadence, but every quarterback is a little bit different. So I expect some starting offensive linemen to be out there um, to develop that chemistry with Justin Fields. L Robinson is almost a shoe in to not play at all. I mean, he hasn't played the first two games, so there's absolutely no reason to expect him to be out there on Saturday, but you might see, maybe a couple skill players. Um, but um, like I said, Matt Nagy essentially said like, yeah, mainly the starting guys when we're talking about big picture will be offensive linemen. Uh, that, that I like that better. You know, I would have, I would have, I, I would have liked to see Allen Robson out there for a series, but the, the problem with that, of course, if he gets hurt, we're going to just chastise Matt Nagy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're going to eviscerate his ass. News. Right. Like yeah. he's, he's like, what, what what the hell are you doing, basically? So I, I, I get it, even though I would like to see him in Justin Fields. And, and I know they've had some reps together, but I would like to actually see it in somewhat game speed because, you know, preseason, yeah. even though it's still football, is is not a live NFL game. I would like to see Darnell Mooney out there. I don't mm-hmm. know if I would have liked to see David Montgomery because just I, I don't know where David Montgomery is, even though he's supposed to be OK or what, whatever. But having the line. I like that uh, a lot, in particularly just because you'll get to see necessarily how our line plays probably against the second the second string of the Tennessee Titans. So it, it, it should give them uh, an opportunity to perhaps impose their will in ways that they haven't been able to do it with other teams' first string since there's been so much movement on the line in and out with players being injured and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. It is a little disappointing, like you said. I doubt many Titans defenders will be out there but again we don't we don't really know how the titans are going to address it i haven't seen anything that coach vrabel has said about what his plan is going to be um so not really sure matt Nagy, at least as of tuesday wasn't sure uh he said he hadn't spoken uh to coach vrabel about what his plan was going to be so who knows maybe there will be some defensive starters right because each coach this is new to everybody this mm-hmm. three preseason game season He might have some guys out there. Maybe he won't. Um, But it is disappointing that Justin Fields, if starting defensive players don't play, that Fields really won't have had that opportunity to go against a starting defensive unit because that's really what I want to see, right? We've seen him shred third stringers. We've seen him shred second stringers. I want to see if he can do it against a a real starting unit because that, to me, is a next step in a progression. Right. Um, The Bears keep talking about how he's growing. They say he's ahead of schedule, right? They 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 have been very pleased with what he's shown so far. And to me, 
um, that would be an, a next step. Do it against some starters. And then we'll talk about when you're taking over being the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears eventually. I think that's a great point. Um, one thing I, I do like the fact that I saw Matt Nagy talk about it during the presser as far as the huddle stuff is out of the way as far as what he needs to know. He just he really just needs to get up to speed with game speed when that opportunity presents itself. Um, I'm with you. I would love to see him. You hit it right on the nail against the first team's defense, especially speed-wise, even though we know he's going to be faster than most players out on the field. But he still hasn't seen that live, especially when guys mm-hmm. are – well, guys were coming from him this weekend. We saw that. But when the big dogs are necessarily coming for, for, for him. Uh, I, I'll ask you this. Um, what do you want to see from Justin Fields in this last game? What would be a successful outing for Justin Fields if, for Alex Shapiro during this last game, preseason game versus the Tennessee Titans? Um, no fumbled snaps. Um, good pre-snap stuff. We, we talk about that Andre Smith thing, right, where he – I think he missed that, that blitz. And, you know, I, I – there's not too much clarity on that. Uh, Matt Nagy was kind of vague on it and said, like, yes, it's, I don't know. He kind of spread the blame around on that one. But well, I'll that's say something- this real quick on that. Yeah. On that. Yeah. One thing, um, and this is talking to friends, but also just paying attention, the offensive line wasn't talking. Like, he, he, from the quarterback to the offensive line, you didn't see anyone talking, right? And actually, I, I was talking with friends about this Monday. But also, I saw I saw Dan Orlowski on ESPN yesterday mention this because my mm-hmm. friends were upset that they didn't jump on Smith. Like, like, why didn't they sit there for, for them to, for him to be targeted? Why didn't an offensive lineman do something dirty to the guy that did it? But my thought, my thought, and I was more perplexed mm-hmm. with the fact that there was no discussion between the offensive lineman, the center, or the tackle right there pointing out what was taking place or Justin Fields saying himself seeing what was taking place and alerting the line to it. So that was yeah. one thing that kind of stood out uh, as, as far as those young linemen and what they're supposed to do, but also as a quarterback and just yeah. having – yeah, that that really that, – that to me was the big issue. Outside of him getting knocked senseless, yeah, that was course. kind of the big – yeah. I mean, the, again, the headband coming off is just – Oh my goodness! That, Scary. That you don't want to see it. But I interrupt you. Please continue. Though. No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. And those are good points. Um, but yeah, you know, I want to see him diagnose that pre-snap, mm-hmm. and then say, Khalil Herbert, uh, you got to pick this dude up, or at least look that way. And if Khalil Herbert isn't picking him up, you got to go to him on the hot route. You know, you got to exactly. you got to get the ball in his hands. So that's something I I want to see is a little bit more of that. You don't want to see any pre-snap mistakes um, and even post-snap mistakes, right? If, if you didn't diagnose it, react to it and make something happen. Um, I'm not really worried about the throws. I'm not really worried about the athleticism. Um, I guess the number one thing I want to see is him come out healthy. I want to see him, you know, we saw him fight for some extra uh, fight for extra yards throughout the preseason. I'd be very happy to see him find the sideline early who needs the extra three yards or slide. Um, that's, that's something I would like to see. It's something he's talked about, right? Long ago, he talked about, yeah, I'm going to be looking to slide. I'm going to be looking to protect myself. Meanwhile, he did that crazy spin move and ended up putting the ball on the turf. Right. And then he jokes. He's like, yeah, I think I'm going to retire that spin move. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see him slide, stay healthy, get out of it alive. Um, and just clean snaps, everything clean. I don't, I don't want to see any balls on the ground. Um, you're probably going to see wide receivers dropping balls, and that's okay. If he's hitting guys on the hands, 
I'm cool with that. Like that's that's what we're looking for here. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm piggybacking on everything that you said. Um, I, I I'll say this, and the key thing that you said, and Matt Nagy talked about it at today's presser, and that was him getting down and learning to just you know play another day when it comes from him not taking hits. And two hits that stood out to me was one that touchdown run where he got low and the DB really didn't. He he went tried to go shoulder to shoulder with the DB, but the DB kind of pulled up a little bit. And then when he slid, when he was all right there by the sideline, um, the I believe the right sideline uh, where he slid, and the the, the 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 defender still came down and, and kind of mm-hmm. angled it. And it, I'm leery of shoulder injuries with this kid, and I know I'm, I'm early with this because he he seems to go a little bit runny backish. Um, and I'm yeah. just like, I, like, don't try to lower the boom. You're the quarterback. Yeah. And some of the Get stuff, down. like, for instance, when he slid, that's not on him if the defender goes at your shoulder. That that That's on the defender, and the defender should necessarily get a flag for that. But I, I'm with you. We He has to know how important he is. And I think it'll happen over time after somebody – after he probably gets clocked again, unfortunately, I hope he doesn't necessarily get hurt because <laughs> those are the, those are the lessons that you learn. Because, look, me personally, I think he's going to look at the right side all the time, really both sides, but particularly that right side all the time after getting hit like that. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, wait, wait, let me check. OK, let me check again. All right. All right. Like just uh, because I mean, that was a that was a buking which he took like that. That was disrespectful on so many different levels. And I'm happy that he made it through. But, you know, those are the things. I'm looking for Chris Passes, as you said. I'm looking pre-snap, post-snap. Um, I want to see him win through the air uh, a little bit more often than winning with his legs. And when he's using his legs, I want him to kind of go back to game one and still – and I, I know sometimes you have to – in this offense, and it was one of those problems where people started to dislike Mitch, and then there was a whole debate of did Nagy told, tell Mitch not to run or did Mitch yeah. decide not to run? Uh, yeah. I, I know you, he, he has to use his legs to, to move the sticks because that's, the, that's one of the, the blessings of having a mobile quarterback like this. Yeah. But also I want him to be more Russell Wilson and use his legs – to get guys open down the field if he can you know i know sometimes those opportunities may not present themselves because the players necessarily when when you start playing sandlot football may not necessarily have a connection with him to know where to get open and when to get open and what he's looking for Uh, but that's what i really want to see a little bit more of that because i know leading to your point about him him taking extra hits that that'll lead to him having a a nice and healthy and long career because the last thing you want is for him to get shell shocked from just taking too many hits while running and kind of end up, and I'm not saying this in a disrespectful manner, but like uh, Cam Newton is uh, last season. I won't say this season because in the preseason, Cam Newton has looked fine, but you still saw the, the, the years of hits that Cam, t- the unnecessary hits I feel like Cam took because they sometimes they did, too ma- they did too many scheme running plays for the quarterback to me down in Carolina. You know what I'm saying? It was like at, at a certain yeah. point, you have to be like, this is a quarterback and I can't use him in that way. So I, I'm in totally agreement with what you just said. We've seen that with plenty of quarterbacks when they have mm-hmm. a shoddy line. And I, I'm not necessarily certain that the Bears have a shoddy line at this point. I still think there's time for the line to gel, come together, and kind of prove that throughout all of this crazy um, inconsistency, right? Just they've had so many different guys in and out throughout summer. I'm still a little optimistic, I would say, that it can come together for week one and it won't be atrocious. But you have seen that quarterbacks who play with those atrocious lines, even when, even on the plays or the series or the games 
where those offensive lines are playing, those quarterbacks have almost a learned helplessness where they're getting rid of the ball in a second and a half or they're, you know, they got happy feet and they're looking every which way because they're just so used to being under that much pressure. So, yeah, of course, we don't want that. And to be honest, we have not seen that with Justin Fields. He popped Mm. right back up after taking that hit. He didn't look to be rattled. Um, We have seen him do that directing of the traffic like you alluded to. Um, So, yeah, I would absolutely love to see all of those things as well. I think I think those are excellent points, Ken. I don't know if the line is shoddy or not, but I'll I'll go along with you on this. We saw last year what Juan Castillo can do with fragments, and after having the fragments for a a part of a, a certain amount of time, they can form them into a cohesive unit. We saw him do that, and he didn't have the depth of players that he has this year to try to to take those fragments and form a unit. So I'll say in confidence in what I saw Juan Castillo do last year, I'm with you that they have enough time to get it going. I think my only – it's a double fear. My only fear would be the conditioning of the tackles, mm-hmm. um, and particularly probably Jason Peters because we. I mean, I, I, I'm still pleased with the Fetty having a hip flexor. For him to still be as toned as what we saw in OTAs, because we really in OTAs like, whoa, Fetty's out here. He's felt all right. Like it was like, was that Jermaine Fetty? And when I saw, it, <clears throat> I'm sorry, when I saw him the other day. To see that, because you you know he's conditioning wise, I'm sure he can't do as much cardio with his legs. But to see him still in that type of shape, I'm not as concerned about him getting his legs under him. But I'm concerned about Peters getting his legs under him, especially since we know that he's long in the tooth and speed's probably going to be Peters' biggest issue. I don't think yeah. I don't think power's going to be. If you got a, a slow bull rushing guy, I don't think that's going to be the biggest problem with Jason mm-hmm. Peters. I think it's going to be the speedy guy coming off mm-hmm. the edge with crazy. Big End, that's probably going to be an issue. So that's my only concerns with the linemen. And can they get enough work out and enough conditioning in Peters um, to hopefully, I don't know how long he's going to start because, I mean, I don't know who would supplant him at some point during the season, especially with Tevin Jenkins perhaps out for the, for, for the entirety of the season. But that's where my, my concern, I would say, with the offensive line. But I'm with you. I think Juan can still, I think Juan can still can do something to, to maybe get this line together. But if it's bad, this is going to be a long season, to say the least. Yeah, well, I mean, it's going to be more of the same, right? I mean, you think of what's buried. The Bears offense in the recent history, it's always the offensive line. Yeah. Um, it, that's just, you know, it's kind of the same old tune. And I think you've also diagnosed the Jason Peters thing very correctly or and very spot on. I mean, when he was in, I, w- I wasn't at practice today. Um, and by all counts, it was a pretty light practice. They took the pads off. They were supposed to be in pad- they, they took the pads off and it seemed like they were doing more walkthrough stuff. But on Tuesday, what's that, Wednesday? Mm-hmm. <laughs> on Tuesday, I'm, I'm like losing track. We're in the, <laughs> the dog days of training camp. It's just like nonstop standing in the sun watching reps. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, yeah. For, for our listeners, uh, Ken is just kind of swaying. Yeah, oh, wait, three, was that three, Kendall Vildor? Or two, three. Especially Jordan Lucas is playing outside <laughs> cornerback now? What? <laughs> no, no, no. So Jason Peters, when he was in there, I mean, look, solid. I did not – every single rep of his that I watched, he looked great. The thing was, he was pretty regular, two snaps, and then – out on a knee with his helmet on the ground. So that conditioning is real. And he's a pro. 
he's a veteran. He knows his body. Um, and I think he has that relationship and that trust with Juan Castillo and Matt Nagy, where they hopefully can figure something out to get him in his best playing shape as quickly as possible. But at least yesterday, um, that was that was noticeable. You know, two solid reps and then out and a knee. Um <laughs> So, so we'll see. We'll see. But he's going to keep working at it. He's obviously got time to get into playing shape. But that that is definitely the concern. That that's the concern with him. I I envision him after two plays and taking a knee with like a square cigarette, like <laughs> in his. Go get them guys! <laughs> like, I just, I'm a vet. I'm a veteran. Veteran. Like I, we're bringing back smoking Jay. Exactly. We're bringing back smoking Jay for smoking Jay sin. <laughs> exactly. Good one. Good. Good yeah. one. Good one. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen, everybody, if you don't know and you should know, Alex also writes for the website NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, he has an article out right now, out right now his 53-man uh, projection. Alex, let's go over your projection because I thought it was pretty interesting, especially with some of the reasons why you had uh, the guys uh, either being, uh, being kept on the team or being released. I think the quarterbacks, everybody already know. You have Andy Dalton, Justin Field, and Nick Foles. Um, we already know that. But you have David Montgomery, Damian Williams, Khalil Herbert, and Ryan Nall as yeah. the backup running backs. Um, talk a little bit about that, because, I mean, we, we know Tariq Cohen's on the pup list. I know some people, uh, like, deep down are C.J. Maribel fans, and also you have Artavius uh, Pierce. So why, yeah. why, wouldn't, why didn't he make it over Ryan Nall? Well, Artavius Pierce, I, I do think, is a good player, and it's no, no disrespect to him. Um, he has the relationship with Michael Petrie from their time together at Oregon State. The Bears' running back coach was also his running back coach at Oregon State. So he has that connection. But he, to me, is kind of a more similar player to Khalil Herbert, right? And at this point, I think Khalil Herbert gets the edge. He brings that special teams returning aspect. So really, for that reason alone, I give the edge to Ryan Nall. And also, to be clear, clear, I think Ryan Nall is like, he was one of the last guys I added onto that 53-man roster when you like looking to fill in a spot here or there. Um, so he's a bubble guy too, but he provides a little bit of a change of pace from the other guys towards the back end of that roster. Um, he is also, as we have learned, the third string long snapper because <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Scales was out. And when Patrick Scales was first out, they had Cole Komet doing the long snapping and then Cole Komet was also out. So it was Ryan Null being the third string long snapper. I have absolutely no idea if that factors into any decision-making, but that was just a little interesting note. Um, so yeah, exactly. So, I mean, again, to be clear, he's, he's somebody that's like probably at the end of that roster on the bubble, no T, no shade, Ryan Null. These are just kind of the facts are kind of 
how I how I see them. And mm-hmm. it, it just comes down to what Nall brings to the running back room versus what Pierce brings to the running back room. Um, I, I I do think Pierce is a is a good player. It's just kind of Khalil Herbert, I think, at this point, the rookie that you just drafted probably gets the edge as that type of player. And with wide receivers, you have Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, who we, of course, would already know, Marquise Goodwin, Demir Bird, Rodney Adams, and Daz Newsome. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, you, the, you, I, it's, it's funny, uh, especially how people have, have debated and argued. So you have Javon Williams and, and Riley Ridley, uh, the two bigger receivers, finally hitting the streets um, instead of being resigned. In that projection, let me ask you this. Yeah. In that projection, who's the last receiver that you had that was that was kept? All right. And if he was if he was released between Wims and Riley, which one would would be would be maintained retained? I mean, which, which is the last guy out of the people I did include? Yeah. Rodney Adams. Um, okay. Just because you have those top four, and that's pretty clear between. Robinson, Mooney, Goodwin, and Bird. To to me, those are the guys that are probably going to have the most impact in that wide receiver room. Then you have Daz Newsom. Again, he's the draft pick. You just got him. You probably want to keep him. He also brings some special teams intrigue. So he earns a spot. Then, then you have Adams. And he has been kind of a training camp star, right? And every year there's a training camp star, and it's de- – Debatable whether or not they actually made the team, right? We've had Tanner Gentry. Is it Gentry or Gentry? I forget <laughs> now because now I'm getting confused with was, Game of Thrones character. Because <laughs> there's a Game of Thrones character who had the same name. And now I'm like, I just realized, wait, I'm getting confused. Now. I think it was Gentry. That guy. Uh, yeah. Training camp star, right? Daniel Braverman, training camp star. But then when push comes to shove, it's like, no, they're not making the team. So we'll, we'll see about Rodney Adams. And he was a guy who was on the practice squad last year um and it seems like the bears really appreciate the work that he put in on the practice squad and appreciate the work that he's done kind of making the most of his opportunity whether or not he actually makes the team is another question it's a fair question but i put him in there um now the last guy who was kind of borderline for me to be cut was was riley ridley um I think when he makes splashy plays, his splashy plays look better. The thing with him is he's a little bit inconsistent. He doesn't have that. For whatever reason, the the consistency just doesn't seem to be there with him in practice, in preseason games. Um, And again, these are just my observations. And then I'm also a guy who is on the record. I think Javon Wibbs should have been cut after, after week eight last season. Um, this is your revenge right there. Oh, you're still on the team. I'm a teacher ass right now. <laughs> now well, I'm going to be honest. Like, I personally believe maybe if if Javon Wims was cut after that moment, maybe Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller doesn't punch him because you are sending a message. We do not stand for that. Hmm. Um, and then again, just me watching. I don't think he has done enough in camp to to say yeah you you have earned this second chance. Um, so that's why I give the nod to Rodney Adams. Moving to the tight ends, of course, you have Cole Commit and Jimmy Graham. Uh, you have new arrival. I think we all think that Jesse James was going to make this team. But you have J.P. Holtz making it, and mm-hmm. I guess that's Jesper Horstad not being on the team. Talk a little bit about that. 
Um, so for me, it's just JP Holtz brings kind of this tight end slash fullback factor. Um, H-back. Yeah. Where I, th- I think his run blocking prowess is something that can help the team. Now, what's interesting and what we need to watch is his injury status because he's been out with an injury for some time. He, he may have returned. I, I feel bad. I am. I forget because there have been so many guys in and out where I forget if he has come back or not. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's something to monitor is his injury. Are his injury issues going to keep him out for more of this off season? Um, Because we're only six days away from cut day. So Mm -hmm. guys need to come back. They need to put stuff on tape, but in terms of tight end room, tight end versatility, you have three dudes who have shown great rapport with the quarterbacks and our obvious playmakers. I mean, we know what Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet bring to the team. Um, Jesse James has just come right in. He's learned the offense very quickly. He has arguably the best relationship with uh, Justin Fields as a pass catcher. So Mm -hmm. that's incredibly valuable. Um, And then JP Holtz, I think helps as, as a blocker. And listen, going to the offensive line, I think most of these we, we kind of predict. Jason Peters, of course, the new signee and the soon-to-be Hall of Fame vet five years after he retires. Cody White here, Sam Mustafer, James Daniels, Jermaine Effetti, Elijah Wilkinson, Alex Bars, Larry Borum, and our favorite guy, Lashavius Simmons. Lashavius. And, um, of course, and I mean, the, the, weird part, the weird part about this is, who would have gotten cut if Tevin Jenkins was healthy and not mm. on the pup list would have been interesting. Maybe we would have lost our guy, which maybe things happen for a reason. I guess, you know, we there's a lot of Lashavius love on this podcast. And, you know, people like this podcast up fly high in the sky, depending on your belief system. Yeah. Anyway, we're pig, moving on. We're, we're pig people here. We are. We, we are pig people. All right. <laughs> <laughs> moving to the defensive line. And I got I got one for you right here. You have a team sure. Hicks. Eddie Goldman, Bilal Nichols, Angelo Blackson, and Kyrus Tunga. Uh, you also mentioned that, of course, Mario Edwards is suspended for two games, so probably they'll do some maneuvering as far as uh, with their lineman when he comes off the suspension. Um, yeah. But I didn't see my guy who, you know, in the, in the first preseason game was playing third and fourth stringers like they were Super Bowl vets, but he, and he was adamant in the fourth, uh, the fourth quarter, and that's Mike Pennell. Um, what's going to happen to him? That's a tough cut. Um, he, you know, every every time you do this for every single team, there are going to be good players that lose out on a job. And to me, that that was one instance where you go with Kairis Tonga because he's the younger guy. He has runway to grow into an excellent player. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think if you waive him, you can get him to the practice squad. I he yeah exactly he he clearly looks like an NFL guy where I think if you wave him he'll probably get claimed snatched exactly and then you can't really stash him on the practice squad so for that reason I give the nod to Tonga over uh Pennell and then you just need other guys at other positions we're gonna get to defensive backs I think you need more you need more guys in the defensive back room because not only are they still figuring out who's going to play the second uh, cornerback spot. They're still kind of a competition for the nickel 
the starting nickel role. So I think you're gonna need more guys there. And you also need more guys on special teams and you're going to need those DBs, those speedy guys on the special teams unit. I'm sorry, Mike Pennell, but you're out. Great point. Uh, inside linebackers, Roquan, Danny Trevathan, Alec Ogletree, Kristen Jones, and Joel Igumbe. I think I pronounced that properly. Iabuniway? Oh, Iabuniway. All right, Iabuniway. I'll remember that moving forward. Iabuniway, Iabuniway, Iabuniway. There you go. Um, who, who's the odd man out right there? Um, because, I mean, it's my guy, actually. I, and I read this article earlier today. You got rid of my guy. Um, but, I mean, Josh the Matt yeah, I, I got a little Josh Woods loving me. I, mm. I kind of like the, the I kind of like the physical makeup, and I but I I was watching games last year when mm. Trevathan and Roquan was out, and you could see in cover sometimes he was lost. But I thought that there would be some time to help him along because he's not getting live reps. To, so you you don't know all these offensive scheme schemes and packages that they're throwing at you because the only the only offense you see is what Matt Nagy is giving you. You know what I'm saying? So I liked his makeup, but. Matt Tateo playing in the playoff game lets you know what they truly thought about him. So it's understandable. Mm-hmm. And looking at what you brought, they brought in Christian Jones for a reason and they lucked into a, 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 a healthier and a more fit Alec Ogletree. So I gave yeah. hey, some guys got to go. Ogletree really taking somebody's job. That's what that Good is. Point. That's Great Alec point. Ogletree. He, I think tried out last season and then they signed mm-hmm. him to this one year deal as like a kind of look and see thing. And then he's just balled out. So he he took somebody's job. And that's kind of what happened there. Um, Josh Woods is another guy. And same thing with Ig Bunaway, where I pretty much included him because of special teams prowess. Okay. Um, I think he's the last guy in that in that inside linebacker room pretty clearly. Um, and he could also be on the bubble like Ryan Nall. You know, Ryan Nall could be a good special teams contributor. Iigbunaway could be a good special teams con- contributor. I see both of those guys as, as seriously on the bubble. Um, and Josh Woods is included in that conversation. Um, this was just me doing this exercise today on Wednesday, August 25th. I had to make a choice. I went with Iggy. Um, but, you know, things will change. Things are going to be fluid. They are going to play this game on Saturday, right? And things are going to change after Saturday. This is just... Again, today on a Wednesday, a week before cuts are going to be made, where I was at. It's a lot of sense in this list, so I'm with what, I'm with what you're saying on here. And again, make sure you go to chicagosports.com and you check out his, his article. NBCSportsChicago.com. What did I say? Chicago, Chicago sports. sports. I mean, let's be honest. It, it's, yeah. it is Chicago sports. When you think <laughs> Chicago sports, we got it all at NBCSportsChicago.com. Thank you for helping me out. As you just heard him, NBCSports.com and check this article out. All right, moving on to cornerback. You have uh, Jalen Johnson, Kendall Vildor, Artie Burns, Duke Shelley, and Thomas Graham. So I guess I'm never in a Bears uniform in a a, a regular season game going to see Trey Robeson ever suit up over the short claim hype after they signed him last offseason. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't think that's going to (laughs) happen. <laughs> there are understand you guys i think I oh talk talk so listen and it was one of the things that in today's presser and matt Nagy was kind of asked about it like how are you really going to decide what happens with true font 
since Trufant, due to personal reasons, hasn't been able to be around, um, how do you judge and juggle as far as will you keep him? I mean, you brought him in in the offseason or have some of these guys usurped him who's been getting some of this tick since he hasn't been had the opportunity, unfortunately, to be here because of personal reasons? Yeah, exactly. I think it's just an unfortunate reality of the NFL, right? Availability is an, is an ability. It's a very important one. And it's it's funny, when I did this exercise earlier in the offseason, I think it was right before training camp started, we did our kind of 50-man three projection first draft, and this is our second draft. I had Trufant in and Artie Burns out. Um, bottom line is I wouldn't be surprised if one of those two veterans doesn't make the team. Right. It was it was kind of like I picked Burns this time because, well, he has taken a lot of first team reps recently and Trufant has been out recently. But like we said, if Trufant comes back and he's playing great on Saturday, things change very quickly. Um, but but bottom line, I think one of those two vets might not make the team, whether it is Burns or whether it is Trufant. Kindleville door has been so good, really. Um, with his opportunity, he's he's made the most of his opportunity um, that I think the Bears could be confident moving with him and Duke Shelley and Thomas Graham and 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 cut one of those two veteran guys to make make space for like an Iigbunaway to make space for a special teams player um, or an extra safety because I put I threw an extra safety in there. Um, last time we did this, the first draft, I only had four safeties in. This time I added a fifth. Um, so, again, like, it, it's tough. Th- this is where the projections get really, really difficult. Is it going to be true fun? Is it going to be Burns? Are they going to keep both? All very valuable questions. That, and they could go really any way. Um, it was mainly we're exploring this on this second draft to talk about how the team could look if – the if it shakes out like this it, does that make sense that was like very long-winded and rambling well, did that make no you got me you definitely, no you, right. you, you got it bro you got it, you right. got it. Right. moving on to safeties and as you just said that you you, you added a fifth safety a safety you have eddie jackson of course Tashawn gibson our two uh two uh, dbs that have been here for a long time growing up in the mm-hmm. system i think we all love and Deion bush and d andre houston carson and then you have marquee christian um, yeah. Being the fifth guy. So listen, it's special teams is primarily why Marquis Christian is making this out, I, I would think. Yes and no. Um, okay. Yes, I I do expect him to be a special teams contributor. Um, and that's a place where he can succeed and really earn his spot. But he has looked good as a safety as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I want to say he's gotten some work as a slot corner too. So he has versatility. Um, but... The past week, he's made plays. He's had several interceptions when you're, you know, it's hard to keep track of everybody, but he's a guy who continues to flash. He's a continue to say, oh, that was Marquis Christian again. Oh, that was Marquis Christian again, where he's starting to surge late into camp here um, and really, truly make a make a push for a roster spot. Mm. All right. You heard it right here. Last but not least, we kind of know these. Carol Santos of Special Teams, Pat O'Donnell, and Patrick Scales. Um, but listen, great article. Everybody, make sure you check it out. And make wait, sure you check we, it out. We, too. Missed, we missed a group. What did I miss? The OLB. I missed Edge Rush. Oh, listen, listen. I missed. I, I mean, missed. that's easy. 
It, well, it's yeah. actually not that easy. No, we did. We, we got did two inside guys linebacker. Often. We didn't outside do outside linebacker. linebacker. Because you know why? Because you cut somebody that I didn't want to see cut, depending on if they can make it to the damn practice squad or not. So it was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm not doing it. Outside <laughs> linebackers, edge rushers. Yeah. Alex has Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, of course, uh, Jeremiah Tucci, uh, and Travis Gibson. Um, mm-hmm. The problem he doesn't have is Charles Snowden. Um, yeah. I'm a Snowden guy. Why? Yeah. I don't know. I just say I'm a Snowden. It's his last name. I like it. It makes me think of espionage. That's why I'm a Snowden <laughs> guy. Uh, <laughs> well, there might be a little espionage. We actually um, should hope that opposing GMs are not listening to this podcast. Right. Because I have a feeling the Bears also like Charles Snowden. So we were talking about sneaking Kairis Tonga through waivers to sign him to the practice squad. I have a sneaking suspicion, and again, I this is a sneaking suspicion that Charles Snowden is one of those guys mm-hmm. where they are really hoping he makes it through waivers so that they can keep him and stash him on that practice squad because there there is something there, as as you say, um, Ken. You are you are not you don't have unfounded love there with Charles Snowden, <laughs> <laughs> but to me, and again, this is just me. That seemed like a safer wave and It definitely, guy. it definitely. No, no, you're Kyrus Tonga has too much tape right now compared to Snowden as far as flashing through preseason. And yeah. even if you look at the value of Kyrus Tonga being drafted and, and, and Snowden going undrafted, it also puts more of a premium on Tonga to let you know that with the Bears drafting, there were probably yeah. other teams that was looking at giving at least giving a using a draft pick to select him. So yeah. I'm with you. I do think. There's a chance, especially with him being such a project right now, as far as really, you know, putting on some weight to a certain degree. I feel like there's a chance that he should probably be able to sneak through waivers and make it to the practice squad, because I I do want to see what that kid is in a couple of seasons. We could all be wrong, but he has the physical traits that you definitely want to see your team kind of tinker with and see if they can necessarily take him to another level. 100 percent. All right. Now we've done all of them. Now we've done all of them. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Look, one of the things, I I definitely want to talk about Nagy at the presser today. I know we both want to talk about Jalen Johnson and Rodney Adams. My Nagy question for you is this. Mm-hmm. Did Nagy close the door on could uh, Alex Ogletree take the starting position from 
uh, Danny Trevathan. I know people said that he, he mentioned playing time, but to me, I, I felt like he would have said, well, Danny is the starter when asked that question indefinitely if that was what it was or do you just think well Danny's the starter we just may see in a, a different situation particularly in, in, in downs where you know it's a passing down oak tree out there uh depending on how well Danny Trevathan plays in space this season no you know it's interesting that did kind of ting ding for me too because he didn't say like oh obviously Danny Trevathan is our starter they mentioned hey, we love him we love him let's go to the quote let's read it Let's read it word for word. I'm going to look it up right here in my. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 and there was a question from Brad Biggs from the from the Tribune. Could Alec Ogletree push Danny Trevathan for playing time? He says it right here. Yeah. Now here's the thing. Reading it, it's tough. Is that a yeah, like a yes, or is that a yeah, like I am acknowledging your question? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to I'm going to be honest. I think a lot of the times. Matt Nagy is quoted as saying like, yeah, no, or no, yeah, or something that is just him preparing to answer the question. So you have to take that with a grain of salt. So let's kind of erase that. Yeah, he's played well. And I and that's all you can do. I think for Danny, Danny is working through all of his stuff right now. In the end, we want we love Danny to death and we understand the leader that he is, the player that he is. But Tree has come out here since day one. I mean, he's had like seven or eight picks. It's felt like a million. He's content that that was me. Sorry. Editor's note. Editor's note. I said it felt like a, a million. We should be completely clear about that. Editor's note. It's felt like a million. All right. Back to the actual quote. He's continued to just play fast. We want to create depth. We want to have that for our players there defensively. And I think he's done a great job of letting us know that depending on where Danny is status wise, health wise, etc., We feel good with the way that tree has played. So, when I hear that, to me, it sounds like, no, he's not he's not closing the door on Alec Ogletree pushing to become a starter. Um, because if, for whatever reason, they don't believe Danny Trevathan is 100%, they obviously feel confident that Alec Ogletree can come in and contribute. And I think everybody should be confident that Alec Ogletree can come in and contribute, especially in the run game. There have been a few times where we've, we've seen him burned in the pass game. But we've seen that with Danny Trevathan as well. Um, So we'll see. I mean, you've mentioned it almost every single podcast, Ken, to your credit. You you have been on this. We will see if the extended offseason and having this training camp helps Danny Trevathan be more conditioned at the beginning of this year. I think that's still a question mark. Um, But if not, clearly the Bears – have confidence that Alec Ogletree can come in and, and be a dude and be a starter. And my last one for nagging, if you have any, please let me know. Um, him talking about the confidence in the offense because of the tempo and that it, it takes the offense. And he said this, I remember when he first got his, it takes the offense three or four years for guys to really get to learn it, not just the players that they, they brought in, but to really pick up the scheme. But the part of when he says that guys know this offense better than him, my first reaction was, well, let them call the plays then, sir. I would be honest with you. If, if they know what's going on better than you, please allow them to sit there. But what were your thoughts when he said that? To me, that was just coach speak. It's like, what do you, what do you expect Matt Nagy to say? Right. As soon as I heard that question, it's like, yes, I'm interested in what hearing Matt Nagy has to say in case he says anything. But 
I'm not surprised by hearing anything he said. I mean, what do you what do you expect him to say? Oh, actually, things aren't going great, and I'm super Terrible. worried about it. <laughs> yeah. It is bad, bad, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. It was a lot of coach speak, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be something to him installing the offense with the you know veteran players. But to me, what I thought is, dude, you got two new quarterbacks. Like, Nick Foles is the only dude who has – one year of your offense. If David Montgomery knows the offense and if Allen Robinson knows the offense, that's all well and good, but you need Andy Dalton and you need Justin Fields to be in year two and year three because they're running the show. So that was the one thing that kind of look what you yeah. just did there. You what took it I from do? coach speak and then you pointed out the flaws <laughs> in what he said. It was like, what? Hold up right here. You know who really needs to know this offense and everything you're yeah, stating is QBs. facts. Yeah, everything. you're Because, I mean, you left definitely – David Montgomery and Allen Robson can help the quarterbacks get people in a proper place, but mm-hmm. they still can't help them if they don't know the ins and out of the play, the ins and outs of the playbook. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. can know the plays, but there's so many little intricacies to what you yeah. what you need to do and the play off of the the primary yeah. player that's trying to get the ball to. So that's I'm a, I'm in agreement with you that point that you just made as far as it, the players in particular that you're really worried about who's picked up the scheme so far. Yeah, And who hasn't? To be 100% completely fair, Andy Dalton has said time and time again, like, yeah, I feel super confident in this offense. I'm a veteran, so I know most NFL offenses, it's kind of just learning the terminology and, like you said, learning the nuances. And he has said, I can do it. I got this. Matt Nagy has said, if week one was today, he would be fine. So they say that um he's got it and now it's kind of like showing they haven't shown anything right it's the preseason they're not going to show anything they're running the super vanilla stuff week one we'll see we shall see so that's kind of where i'm at it's like yeah, yeah yeah you can you can talk about how confident you are in the offense show it um moving on to jalen johnson who if you didn't love him, I love him even more. I mean, his play last year, mm-hmm. I think, lent him to all of our hearts. Um, but, I mean, come, especially coming coming from not having a preseason and being a second-round pick and what he did as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, but to see him talk about the fact – and how he answered the question about what do you mean so, – let me, let me go back. He was asked, after having a successful season last year, basically what does he need to do to improve upon it? And he asked the reporter who asked that question. Unfortunately, I'm blank on who asked that question. I apologize. But he asked them, "You do you think I had a successful?" And when he did that, I said, "Ooh, right." I, I, when he <laughs> said that, and he, you could tell how he looked at them. It wasn't just a, a throwaway question. He he really wanted to know their answer because yeah. he had he had an answer for them. So when he yeah. asked the reporter, "Do you think I had a successful season?" and the reporter was like, "Yes, but what you know, basically, what do you think?" and he said, "No, I I don't feel like I had a successful season last year based off of my personal goals." And they yeah. the, the reporter asked him, "What was he most unsatisfied with?" and he said, "Giving up TDs. That's something that he doesn't do, but it, he knows that it happens yeah. in the NFL." And yeah. of course, we all know, even though he had 15 breakups, he had no interceptions. Yeah. And to see him talk about. Cal Fuller and Cal Fuller always having his iPad and learning and how, you know, yeah. he, he 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 took that from Cal Fuller and just, 
you know, Cal Fuller not being about the pageantry of the NFL, but really being about the work. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yes. Um, it just it makes you feel really good about this young man stepping into the cornerback one role here. And I mean, mm-hmm. we none of us really wanted Cal, none of us wanted Cal Fuller gone. Let me leave with that. No, of course um, not. He's an all pro. Yeah, but when you have what looks like a talent in Jalen Johnson to fill those shoes, those shoes shouldn't have to be filled. Shouldn't have had to be filled. But when you have Jalen Johnson it, it, and just hearing him talk about his goal is to be the number one quarterback in the NFL. And when asked also, um, basically, how does it feel now that you're going to be going up against the number one receiver? And he said, I always prepare like I'm going like just the vibes, man. Like the, the, the young man made me feel good. And uh, his passion and his intensity and his seriousness, I guess, really stood out to me. And also, and again, I I, I don't see the work that he puts in away from mm-hmm. the field, but his, what seems to be his work ethic. Absolutely. I mean, and that is the mentality you want to hear from a guy who you want to be a shutdown cornerback, right? You want your shutdown cornerback to believe he is the best player in the league and that he will win every single rep. And it seems like he really does. Because somebody was saying, like, oh, I forget to. But he kind of made that clear, you know, where he was like, yeah, I kind of expected to be the number one. And I kind of expect to be a top five and the number one dude in the league. And Tayshawn Gibson said he can, he'll be top five in the future. Right. Exactly. And he kind of co-signed that. He's like, yeah, I'm done with that. Yeah, sure. Um And a lot of those top cornerbacks in the league do have that mentality where it's like, even if you get beaten on one play, it's like, yeah, you got me on that one play, but I'm still better than you. Um, So it is, it's, I'm with you. That's something you like hearing from your top cornerback. And, and they asked kind of gets you fired up. And it does, it does. It gets you charged. It gets you charged. And he was asked going along with what you just said, uh, necessarily about getting beaten and getting over it. Uh, they, they asked him about, you know, saying the first game against the Rams and going up. Well, not going up. Of course, they played both the same size of the ball, mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey, but being on the same field and feeling that you are the number one cornerback. And what you just said, you know, he pointed out that that's how Jalen Ramsey's style affects this generation. I was like, man, I'm old. Just because, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I love Jalen Ramsey. I've loved Jalen yeah. Ramsey for, for years. But to know that you now, these, these cornerbacks, that's their guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you right. know, so it's to, to hear him say like Jalen Ramsey's attitude towards the game that, you know, I take that in and I use that to benefit me as far as I'm bad, regardless if I get beat or not, I still have to go out here and do what I need to do. Um, it, it definitely felt, it felt good to hear that young man say that. Revis Island is old news, man. I thought about him when I was saying that too. I was like, the Darrell Revis generation is is about ready to retire, basically. Because I mean, that's actually, if you look at, it, that's probably like Cal Fuller's the type of players that Cal Fuller was watching when he was coming yeah. up through West Virginia. Um, was he West Virginia or well, Virginia? He was Virginia. He was what school did Cal Fuller come out of? He was uh, uh, Virginia Tech. Yeah, VT. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Virginia Tech. Um, and then, of course, and this this just warmed your heart. Well, it, it's one, and you you've mentioned it. It's funny talking about uh, camp greats of the past and the camp great of this season. And that's of course Rodney Adams in the preseason with the touchdown passes yeah. uh, that he's hauled in. Um, it was something to hear this gentleman talk about. You know, his mom being gone. 
of how long she's been gone because I believe it seemed like she may not have seen some of his college career um, and being out of the NFL for two seasons and working his way back on the practice squad last year and turning that it, it just I, I don't know the the um the the water off his back like it, it him yeah. having the insulated ability not to let the outside world affect him seemed like a trait that we all can kind of implement into our own lives. Well, it kind of has affected him. I mean, he's he's battled. So Larry Mayer, who's another guy in the beat, he actually writes for ChicagoBears.com, did a wonderful feature on him. And he Adams kind of was very open and vulnerable in saying when he retired, because he retired in 2018, he was on the Colts practice squad. Um, after spending all of 2017, his rookie year, not all of it, actually, he spent some of the time active but didn't play and then he was relegated to the practice squad uh the second half of the year with the vikings the next season he signs on the colts practice squad and he retires essentially said he was battling some demons and was like really going through a hard time went out to la to become an actor um and then two years later said you know what i want to go back to football um signed with the colts again because obviously he retired they had right he, he he had to come exactly um, they welcome him back with open arms, essentially, but he does not make that 53-man roster. He's waived. That's where the Bears pick him up and sign him to their practice squad. Um, so he has had a tough road, and it's an unbelievable story. I mean, it's just a guy that you root for, knowing everything that he has gone through. Um, that We're in hard knocks season right now. right? I'm loving hard knocks. He is like the kind of the, that perfect guy that you want to root for, that you want to succeed. And did that affect me when I put him on my 53-man roster projection I today? That. I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe. Right. Maybe it did. But it's true. You can't help but root for the guy. The fact that, you know, his daughter is born the night before the second preseason game. He says he gets five hours of sleep on the hospital couch, but it's all good because he's cuddling with his baby daughter. So it doesn't matter. He had a great sleep on that awful couch with his baby girl and then goes off and has that unbelievable 70 yard touchdown catch. I mean, this is Hollywood stuff, right? Right. He wanted to become an actor. Meanwhile, he's writing his Hollywood script here. So, (laughs) right. I mean, it's a wonderful story, even though it is a tragic story. Mm. Um, and you just can't help but but pull for him. Definitely, definitely. That 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 the, the Bears the Bears press conference today was nice. Those particularly yeah. those two players, Jalen Johnson and Rodney Adams, uh, left me with a warm and fuzzy feeling, uh, especially with some of the things that we've took in place, particularly doing with the offensive line. Um, during this preseason, it, I definitely needed that little pick me up. And everybody just if you just go to the Bears website, if you want to check out those two press conferences in particular, um, I guess right now, Tony Gill needs to join us so we can figure out what we plan on doing with the podcast review of the day. What's up, guys? Uh, glad to be here. Uh, I see you already. Alex is nodding his head. So I think uh, Ken, I think it started with Ken. Ken mentioned it. Maybe the podcast review of the day has reached its limit. Um, the purpose of the podcast review of the day was to reintroduce the podcast and the characters on the podcast. Um, but I think you guys are settled in and settled in nicely. Um, the fans have reacted positively, and uh, nobody wants you guys fired, so that's good. <laughs> so that now we no no no, to... no I've got I've gotten one firing at least <laughs> yeah, I, I may have gotten two 
All right. I can't, tell no, you how many times, I can't tell you how many times I've tweeted something from like Bears talk or White Sox talk. And somebody's like, fire that intern right now. So, <laughs> again, I've, I've had probably a dozen people saying, fire that intern. Whatever. <laughs> so, what could we change the podcast review of the day to, guys? What do you think? I have no I You know, I was trying to think earlier, right? Mm-hmm. I, 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 was, I was, was going through my head earlier today. I was thinking about, and then we would have to really take some time to do it, finding out interesting Bears um, uh, things that happened on this day throughout history. Oh, so it may OTD. not, it may not, yeah, it may not necessarily be something that happened in the game because we may be outside of when the season, you know, this may be, we may be in the off season, but just mm-hmm. anything that, you know, like in a, in a police blotter, if somebody did something in 1969, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just oh, like no. anything. This is just one of my ideas. Just, now, of course it doesn't have to always be negative, but I mean, we can riff off of the negativity depending on what it was. Right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that yeah. was kind of my thought perhaps on what happened this day in bears history on and off the field to say the least. That's nice. That's a nice idea. I like the vocab word of the day too, because can you do bring the fire with the, with the hot vocab? You got all them ACT, SAT, ACT, all of them. You got, you got all the vocab words. (laughs) So we can go over some nice learning moments. I also want to be clear, like just because we might not do the podcast review of the day, like we're still reading your reviews when you leave them. I'm still very interested in everybody's skincare regimens and and we do we do consider your feedback. You know, when you have notes for us, um, we still do consider it, even if we're not reading it out loud anymore. Um, but whatever this becomes, I, I think that's a good idea, Ken, on this day. I think you should still be bringing fire vocab also. I, I will I will try my best. And also a great point. Everything you said was great, Alex, mm-hmm. as far as us still re- reading the reviews. Also, just because we may not do it weekly, there's still going to be times when we read out loud some of your reviews just because mm-hmm. if it's just flaming, bad or good. So don't feel like there's no reason to do it. We're just looking at different ways to kind of entertain you and keep things fresh. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's all. We, we just want to provide consistent, funny, you know, informational content for you guys for this bear podcast to help it grow, um, which it has been growing. Thank you guys for listening and checking it out. So Thank you. Um, we're constantly we're constantly kind of shifting and shaping this podcast so we can get the best out of it. So um, I have one so, request, uh, though. I do have okay. one request. Okay. Whatever it is that we end up doing, can we please get a Tony Gill original jingle? Because I think I think the Tony Gill original jingle is really critical. That's really <laughs> what ties it all together. That's true. We definitely have to have that tone. We have to have multiple jingles for whatever we do moving <laughs> forward. Because that's the kicker right there. Facts, Alex. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll consider uh, doing some jingle. I'm gonna need some some copyrights though. <laughs> you know. We'll just get like a, I don't know, we can get some sort of collaborator. There's there's all that creative commons too. Just hit up the creative commons, man. Okay, yeah. Uh, also, I mean, if, if if you guys are listening to this, please mention in the comments below if you're watching this or if you're listening to this, just write, shoot us a tweet or something like that and say, what do you think we should do to give you guys an extra segment? Oh man, yeah, please do our job for us. Tell us what we should do. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Best case scenario. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, that is it for the Under Center Podcast. We will be back Monday unless something breaks. Rate, follow, review, hit us with the five star. And if you're betting, please go ahead and use points betting.